Welcome to episode number 28 of Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you start and grow a business, find a career you love, and make a bigger impact in your life. I'm Justin Gordon, your host and MBA student in the class of 2020 at the USC Marshall School of Business. I've had my hand in entrepreneurship and business since 2012 when I launched Just Go Fitness and now with Just Go Grind. In this episode, the first episode of 2019, we have Quentin Q alums. And Q is a LinkedIn influencer with over 10 million content views. He is the CEO of Urban Misadventures, which is a fast-growing startup in Milwaukee. And he has done some amazing things with video and growing growing community and growing companies. And in this episode, we go through a lot of different things, including how he got his entrepreneurial start, you know, his failures in with a VR company, the different companies he started because there are a few of them even now with urban misfit ventures there are a few companies under that umbrella we talk about how he landed a tedx talk which will be out in april of 2019 how he spoke at vidcon last year in 2018 so many things related to video and branding and growing businesses and this episode's dynamite i'm really excited for you to listen to it as always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And if you go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Just Go Grind, you can support the show by leave a ra- leaving a rating and review and also subscribing. Please do subscribe there. Excited for you guys to check this episode out. Without further ado, here is Q. Q, welcome to the show. Appreciate you for having me, dude. Man, reconnecting after the Wisconsin Athletic Club years and years ago, and here we are again, man. <laughs> it's crazy how things go in life. It is, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, there's a lot of ways I could introduce you and say what you've done, but uh, why don't you just give a little, a little, you know, your two cents on what you do right now, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm the CEO of Urban Misadventures. We own two companies, um, IEEG, which is a storytelling and influencer marketing company, and then we own MK Misfits. So we travel the world and we host events. So I tell stories and I host parties for a living. Tell stories and host parties for a living, but you did not always do that by no means. <laughs> and there's a lot of background here before you got to this point. Uh, and it's not like you've been doing this for 20 years. This is you know, relatively new, but at the same time, You've had your hand in lots of different stuff, man. Uh, what was one of the first ventures you can think of that you were, you did as like an entrepreneur or trying your own stuff out? Um, I think there's a lot of different ways I could take that question. Um, However you want. I would say for me, the first entrepreneurial thing that Period. I, I did, um, like there were things when I was a kid and everything, but I would say music. And the reason I say that is because I had to learn how to brand myself. I had to learn how to pitch. I had to learn how, okay, like now you're going to get paid. What do you do with this? How much am I saving? <laughs> how much am I investing back into my business? So I would say just being a musician for six years was really, really what taught me that I was not going to work well within like that corporate system, right. within that corporate structure. And I did it. I definitely worked for people, but music for me. Music. And you said six years of music. What got you into music in the first place? Um, I just, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, piano lessons were pushed on me as a kid. I hated it. I quit. Saxophone was pushed on me as a kid. I quit. Um, guitar was pushed on me as a kid. I quit. And then randomly, like, I was 17 years old or 16 years old, and um, my mom had just got divorced, and he left a guitar. And for whatever reason, I picked it back up. My dad had played before me, but I picked it up again, and I just, I kept playing, and I kept playing, and randomly got good and randomly started performing but it was an outlet for me um and i got to tell stories in my music and i got to elicit response in other people which i really liked especially growing up without a voice yeah and to that point like playing you say you kept playing kept playing kept playing i mean how much were you practicing back then you know a week or a day or like you know how much how often were you practicing yeah, so I was a, I'm just obsessive about everything. If I love something, I'm just I'm gonna do it all the time. For me, like I would play till my fingers bled, dude. Like I would write songs. There were periods where I would just stay up. Um, I'd start at like 10, 10 p.m. and then stay up until like four a.m. just oh, writing geez. songs because I would get really creative and really delirious. Like I just I played all the time as much as I could. Yeah, so as much as you possibly could, and then. You said six years from like 16 or 17 until you're like, what, 23, 22? Yeah. So it was a couple years 20, ago. 22, but I, is that six years? 16, 17, 18. <laughs> no, rough, roughly. So like a, five, six years. Um, I really stopped when I was like 21, 22. I realized it wasn't for me. And that's when I was graduating college. So. Okay, around that same time. Yeah. So what, what about it though, like, made you think it wasn't quite for you? Because I, 
I looked at the future and like just being a musician, let's say I took off and I became like Ed Sheeran or something like that lifestyle just was not attractive to me and I wouldn't have been making the impact that I wanted. Like I loved the response, eliciting that response in people. I loved like playing and performing, but I also get that same rush from speaking, from growing a company, from all these different things, but now I get to actually make an impact. So, you know, to that point and having that self-awareness to know that that path wasn't going to be for you. I know a lot of people struggle with their career path and trying to figure out, you know, even what companies to to start or whatever may be. But at that time, you know, graduating college, you were looking in the future and saw this wasn't for you. Like, do you think that was just you innately being aware of that? Or did you like read a book about that? Did you you know, just pay attention to what other people are doing? Because like, not everyone comes to that conclusion. So I'm curious on how you went about that, if you remember that process. I think I just paid attention to what I was thinking. And yeah. I would always ask myself, what do I want to do with my life? Or what am I passionate about? What am I good at? I would always come back to those questions, even though I was playing music all the time. And I think that, to me, showed me that this is not what I wanted to do. Even though I was, even though I was trying to force that upon myself, but I would always come back, okay, what are my passions? What am I good at? Where am I going to be in five years? Yeah. So just that constant introspection yeah and that's i think that's important especially when you're trying to find out anything in life because otherwise you're going to waste so much time and like we only have so much time there's one thing that says like you know like try different things out so you can figure out what you want to do i think that's that's perfect but at the same time if you can save yourself some time by really doing the thinking ahead of time and being like okay this is not this is not going to lead to where i want to go then you should stop doing it that's what it seems like i know you started a vr company at some point can you tell me kind of how that came about in the first place yeah so within college um in college i um one of my mentors now his name is kendrick incredible like futurist um, meaning he studies the futures and studies the future and makes predictions um he sat me down and was like okay q this is this here's ar vr iot like all these cool things that i'm like damn like this exists like right. <laughs> we're here at this point in time and I, I was just mind blown from there i'm like damn okay i don't want to just be a marketer i don't want to just be a social media guy so i use my marketing skills and my social media skills to um, leverage, like get my foot in the door with a virtual reality startup and then a wearable tech startup. And I just, I became obsessed. I was offered a full-time job with both of them, but I declined it because again, I didn't want to be that social media guy. <laughs> so I launched, uh, I hate school. So <laughs> I launched a um, virtual reality. I was, we were working on, I'm going to say launch because we yeah, didn't yeah. even do anything. We were right. working on a, a VR education platform, um, essentially just learning through simulations, which isn't crazy innovative or anything like that, but launched that and then I failed and <laughs> learned a lot about like what kind of leader I am, but it was Kendrick that put me on that path. Okay. And to that point, so you, you say you launched that, took a, like, how much time was invested in that, you know, up to that point of launch? I want to know like, the timeline, kind of, I'm just yeah. curious about that. So I, I graduated 2016 okay. that summer. Um, the timeline was, um, I was working at a little, like a few months before I graduated. Um, worked a full-time job after I graduated for about seven months. That entire period, I was working on the VR startup and an agency. That's what <laughs> a lot of people don't know about me because I didn't really talk about it, but I was working on two things. So all the, like, throughout the day, agency, night, coding, designing, building, talking to my team. And then I think seven, eight, no, January, yeah, January, no, February 2017 is when I'm like, okay, I just, I can't build two things at the same time. I'm going to be more successful building an agency because people actually need this right now. People don't need virtual reality right now. So about eight months or so. Okay. Do you think that will, do you see that changing? I mean, would you think you were just too early with the VR thing or what do you think too early and I didn't have money I didn't have any cash flow I was focusing on okay how can I make money in the future not how can I make money right now you can totally make money with VR right now I just didn't have those capabilities and I didn't have enough money to survive enough to actually sell something I totally believe in VR totally believe in AR and mixed reality like I'm a total tech geek one of my major goals is to own an esports team like totally about that I just for me too early and I wasn't experienced enough and I wasn't dedicated enough because I was trying to do two different things yeah two different things at once and to the point so getting getting to the point where you know you're going to stop the VR company like what got you there because I think a lot of things too with companies are like when do you stop? And they say, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. But if you, if you, if you never quit, then you, you may miss out on things too. So yeah. what got you to that point of actually stopping then? Well, that's a good question. Again, not a lot of people ask me that. Like that was probably one of the hardest decisions I had to make personally because like that was my baby and it was the first time I ever built anything. But the reason I stopped was because I 
probably would have died if I didn't because I didn't have any money. You know, I wasn't yeah. able to go get clients because I didn't have money and I was trying to do two things. Um, it was very, very hard for me to say, okay, guys, I'm quitting because I felt like I was letting everybody down that was following me. I felt like I was letting my team down. But at the end of the day, no one really gave a shit because <laughs> it was me that they cared about, not not the company. Yeah, not the company. And you said he had, he had the agency alongside that at the same time. And can you talk a little bit about like what was the agency at that time and like who were your clients, what were you doing? Yeah, so I started off full stack, meaning I did everything, uh, literally everything, terrible decision. Um, <laughs> and then I, I pivoted into a lot of different things because I, I wasn't successful, so I went just social. Okay, we're just going to do social for real estate. Okay, we're just going to do content marketing. And I just moved around. Ultimately, when I actually started making money, and I, I made money here and there, like doing other things, but yeah. I started really making money, one, when I hopped on LinkedIn, but two, when I moved into personal branding. So I was working with coaches, I was working with entrepreneurs, essentially helping them tell their own narrative. And then later on, when I really started making money, I moved into, okay, let's go into companies and um, teach them that their employees are their greatest asset. So how can we tell our employee story, use our employee story to drive traffic, drive revenue for the company, and then dissolve that um, really early this year, 2018. Okay. with those, who were those first clients, those first few people you were working with? How'd you get them? Yeah, so the first clients for that agency, um, one I got because I worked in a coffee shop all the time and I loved the coffee and I reached out and said, I love this, I'd love to sit down. Um, she was awesome. Another I got because I was on LinkedIn and this is, his name is Nathan Harris. He's the guy that made me like, pushed me to create content on LinkedIn, which yeah. then in, literally resulted in everything I'm doing now. Um, but I reached out, and I'm like, hey man, I know you have a huge network of freelancers, but I'd love to talk. And then he he was a client that paid me a ton of money to actually survive. He's the reason that I'm literally alive. Like I'm just indebted to that dude. And he's one of our clients for this company now too. Um, and then third, he was a um, mental coach for like NBA, okay. NBA athletes, which is incredible. Um, that's, that's where I started. And he was one of my professors at my school, I think. Really? Is, yeah. So just, I use my network and I use LinkedIn to get those, those first clients. Have you always, I mean, kind of just kept in touch or kept feelers on your, your network and people you meet? Cause I mean, that's something where obviously that paid off without you even intending for it to, but you still kept in touch or you reached out. Like, have you always done that or? Not always. Um, one of my business partners, Izzy, who's literally right across the, the wall right now, um, he just, I learned a lot watching him in college because I was a total noob and just I not social at all. Um, he always kept in touch. Hey, this article reminds me of you. Boom. Hey, you want to mm-hmm. get coffee? Like just always top of mind watching him do that and then having to grow my company. I always want to be on top of mind. I always want you to think of me when you think of storytelling, when you think of LinkedIn. Um, so now I am, but as growing up and initially I was not, but yes. Yes, but you pr- progress to that point. And it's so important too. I mean, I, I find that too, even with, with podcasting now for, it's been a little bit more than six months and just thinking about guests and like even like one of my guests I reached out to and I had met her like years ago through couch surfing. I stayed mm-hmm. her couch in like San Francisco, kept, kept in touch and then interviewed her on the show and then she actually referred me to like, I don't know, probably half the guests on the show, honestly. Damn. And it's like a crazy scenario where like I never thought that would happen. And it was yeah. like, oh, she, she said, oh yeah, I shared your, your podcast with these people and like in this group of like women entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh, great, that'd be awesome. I want to have more variety in the show. And it just like took off from there in terms of the people I would get. So it's so powerful to have that, that network. You just never Agreed. know where it's going to go. That's awesome. Uh, so you mentioned LinkedIn. This is really, we've got to dig in this a little bit. The videos on LinkedIn, I think you did like, you started what, a year in a row you wanted to do of like videos per day. How did that whole thing with LinkedIn video start for you? Um, Going back to Kendrick who introduced me to VR. When I was starting my first company, he came to me and he's like, hey, I'm gonna interview you. Um, so let's do this. And I, dude, it was so bad. It was so bad that I'm like, fuck, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to be able to pitch myself. So right. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to shoot a video every day. I yeah. don't care where it's going to go. I'm just going to shoot a video every day for a year. Yeah. And I did that on YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, Ask Whale, all these different platforms. And then when I was moving to LinkedIn, I started writing because I'm a writer as well, yeah. but they released video. And up to that point, I probably done, I probably did like 500 videos. Um, so I was, I was comfortable and I was ready and I just... I jumped on. First video I made was like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm uncomfortable, but I'm gonna post it anyway, and 30,000 views. Um, and that was Crazy. that was a start for me, a video about how I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, and one thing, I, as looking back at all those videos, what I wanna, a question immediately came to mind is like, how do you think of 
what topics to talk about. Some people always like, oh, I don't know, what am I gonna say? I go, you should do video. Yeah, but what do I say? Like, so how did you approach that in terms of content each day? Like, how did you approach it? I listened. Um, I think I just I listened. I was talking all the time about what I was going through. Yes, but what were the questions that other people had? Um, what what were people saying in my industry? Like, I just I put my ear to the ground and I listened. Um, and I talked about what I actually wanted to talk about, you know, but I would say the biggest thing was just listening. So paying attention to, I mean, where are you following people on LinkedIn, Instagram? Like, where are you getting that, that information then to even the key or like what, what questions to answer in your videos? Yeah. Like, how'd you so initially them? it was, initially it was like, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what happened today. It was a diary. Um, when I moved to LinkedIn, it was more like, okay, now I'm actually building something. Now I know some things. Um, and now people are actually coming to me to ask questions. So I would answer those. But even then, like I knew that no one was going to listen to it. I was 23 at the time. No one was going to listen to a 23 year old black Puerto Rican kid talk about personal branding because <laughs> why would they listen to him if he doesn't have this huge personal brand? So all I did was tell stories. That's all. Hey, one time I was at the box, they told me this, boom, this was the result. And I would tell stories that I knew would be applicable to the people that I was trying to reach. And that was it. That was literally it. And then all of a sudden people tagging other people, hey, hey, and I would get more and more questions. And that's when I'm like, okay, I just got seven questions on how to build a personal brand on LinkedIn. I know I need to address that. <laughs> or hey, I just got a question. How do I get an internship? And it had 25 likes. I know I need to touch on that. So just listening. Yeah, and review it. So that review process, I mean, just obviously just paying attention along the way, seeing what's hitting more, what videos had more views maybe, that you kind of approach it that way and then kind of go from there. Um, I know you also did a lot of like in-person meetups through LinkedIn. Like tell me more about that and how that kind of started and yeah. what you did with that. Um, there was um, there's this movement called LinkedIn Local. Um, I think like four months after I jumped on the platform to create, um, I flew out to Dallas. Didn't know I was going to end up speaking, but they asked me to speak. Again, it was absolutely worse. <laughs> terrible, terrible, just like the first video. Um, and then after that, I just made a declaration that I'm going to master speaking, that I'm going to get a TED Talk, I'm going to do all the, and, and I did all these things, not TED, but TEDx. Um, but it came through those, that initial LinkedIn local, literally just people getting together centered around LinkedIn, which is centered around getting professionals together. Um, and that was it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember how you heard about it in the first place? LinkedIn, local? LinkedIn, LinkedIn. You so a like lot of people were pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's just talking about it. Like, oh, what's yeah. this thing? And do you, like, you have an estimate of like how many different LinkedIn local events you did, or like roughly, you know, how yeah. how often you're doing that? Um, January two thousand. Was it 17? I don't know. 2018, I think I made a goal that I was going to do three speaking engagements. I did about. I think more than 12 this year. I don't really have the exact number. It's on my laptop, but like 12, 14. Yeah. Um, I think like five, six of those were LinkedIn's. Okay. LinkedIn events. Um, after that, I kind of backed off because it just, it got repetitive for me. Yeah. Um, but I think six or seven, and then we hosted one. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of LinkedIn events. But. A lot of LinkedIn events. Yeah. And yeah, obviously you mentioned the speaking goals and wanting to speak a certain amount of times. And then you have a TEDx coming up too. How did that come about, the TEDx? So the TEDx came came up um, just because I I was referred or suggested to an event in California, but I was denied because I wasn't local. Um, really? That was that was the one thing that was going against me in the application. They loved me. It was just I wasn't local. So that night I looked up just events going on in Milwaukee. Yeah. And then I found one, but it was due that day. So I just <laughs> I put my application up there. I didn't really have a talk outlined or anything like that because it wasn't in that process for California one so I just took a video where I talked about my life and I put it in there and then they called me when they called me really? I think I was at a, uh, a happy hour event so I was drinking and then they called me back and they're like super competitive but we want you to do this we choose you really um, and literally my talk was an outline when they chose me now I know what I'm talking about it has nothing to do with my life at least for the most part yeah um, but it just happened because I applied and I asked yeah um, which it's kind of cool yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And that's one of the things I'm thinking about the last, like, six months of podcasting and getting different guests on. It's like, you just have to ask. I mean, it, it, you're never going to get anything if you don't at least try. And look at that. It's exactly the point right there. You just did that, and there you go. You got, you got it. Uh, one thing with that, with speaking, too, and you've done so much of it, what is your process like for prepping for something like that? So I, I got, I'm guessing, like, the TEDx is going to be a little bit different. But, yeah. like, what is that process like, even, for how you're preparing yeah. for this? It's a really good question. Um that first one in Dallas. So I'm like, you point the camera at me, I'll go. Like, yeah. I'm ready. I got to say something. Boom. I won't need to think. I won't need to prep. Nothing. I'll just go. 
first one in Dallas, it was so bad. And the next one, so bad. The next one, so bad. And I realized what I was doing is I was comparing speaking to me speaking at the camera. And I thought that because I'm really good in front of the camera and I can just riff, I'm really good on the microphone, I could just riff that I'd be really good in front of a crowd. Yeah. Because I was a musician, because I was a musician, same thing, but it was so, so, so far from the truth because they're two different things. They're two different entities. Yeah. Um, so now what I'll do is, okay, outline it in video format just yeah. like I would do a video right like just go this one I want to talk about this is the outline okay then I'll strip and then I'll write it out and then I'll actually okay I need to hit this point I need to hit this point but I do it on video first and I get comfortable with the topics and I hate outlining things but I, <laughs> I do it yeah and then when I'm on stage okay now I know what I have to hit and I can riff and I can change based off of that yeah. But you gotta stick in this guideline at least for now I'm sure like a year down the line I could just go and do it and I've yeah. done things like that but um, initially, just that comparison between video and, and speaking really yeah. messed me up. Eventually, I think, yeah, go full Gary Vaynerchuk and just have a little yeah. thing, and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to take Q&A. <laughs> let, me just, let me just do q and I did do that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's the easiest thing to do, though, because if you know the topic so well, like Q&A, because I can answer any question on that. Like someone that like fitness back in the day, like, oh, yeah, you could literally ask me anything. Like, okay, I'll have an opinion on it at least. Yeah. So, like, he's a genius for that, by mm-hmm. the way, because it's just the easiest thing for him. I'm going to go fly here, make a couple hundred thousand dollars, yeah. and just answer questions all day, which is amazing and, and I then think the crowd feels great I know they yeah. get their, their questions answered and it's yeah. perfect I think they did that um, I saw him speak once live and mm-hmm. it was this event with uh, it, was, it was Scary Vanchuk Seth Godin and Dave Ramsey and it was like a one day event in New York City and that was the first time in New York City and I remember like Seth Godin went and killed it absolutely killed it has perfect slides where he's like yeah. he's like a slide for like every three seconds and I was like it's on point <laughs> as he's talking I was like wow Seth just killed it and then Gary Vee went and also killed it but it's just did Q&A and it was just like Oh, this is all he, he's getting paid to do this right now. It's completely nuts. different styles. Yeah, different styles, but it works, and everyone finds their own thing. And one thing I want to circle back to with the videos you're doing on LinkedIn, you were doing them so consistently, it's every day. Like, what was the biggest challenge of doing that? That whole thing. I imagine it wasn't always yeah. necessarily easy, but um, I would say one, the topic. Um, two, comparison. Um, just like seeing everybody else, okay, they got this many views. It, it took me a while to actually like consistently take off and everybody around me that I was connecting was just exploding. Yeah. So that, um, three, probably just like insecurities um, yeah. and, and imposter syndrome. Like, do I actually deserve this? Um, should people actually pay me? Um, just, I would say that, but heavily, heavily on the side of just like, okay, like what am I going to talk about today? Yeah. Just doing something every day was hard, but when I started listening, it it became easier. Do you think making it something that you do every day, does that make it in some ways easier? Because you just, you can't overthink it. You just had to do it. I talk a lot about just habit, like yeah. just the power of habit. Like it's so much easier to do a video every day than it is every other day. Yeah. Because you break that habit in every other. Yeah. So if you do something every day, it's so much easier. I, I feel the exact same way. Even like with fitness stuff, I tell people like, I'd rather have you work out for like 10 or 15 minutes and just do it daily then try and make this thing like, oh, three times a week, but it's like an hour or all these different things. Like, have some type of daily habit. It seems to work so much better. Man. Yeah. I find it in my own, my own life too. I'm like, when I skip, I'm like, shit, now I'm, now I'm completely yeah. off off and everything. And that's like the Casey Neistat way of vlogging. And he started, it yeah. was like, he did it for like 500 some days in a row. Like, he just like wanted to put out content. So it's just like, oh, we're going to put out a video every day and then go from there. And obviously, helped him explode. He's already amazing, clearly, but like, helped him explode, especially when you have the talent. And it's yeah. like, just takes off from there thousand percent dude Man. like successful people they build powerful habits so they, yeah that's it that's i mean that's it. not it but it's a lot of it well because that's, that's what that's what everything's built off of right mm-hmm. everyone has the same amount of time in the day but like how are you spending your time and i've listened i just listened to james clear's book um the atomic habits and it was mm-hmm. the same type of thing of like just the reminders of those habits and what to build and thinking that it, moving towards 2019 because you know you're always trying to like get more and more efficient and productive and like where do you squeeze out more time and just building habits man that's, that's all it is um to that point like so you did the video a day on linkedin when did you stop that did you ever you still streak still going or you stopped so, it no point? i don't do daily anymore okay um i do it when i want okay. and that's that's the biggest thing i found that okay i have this habit cool yeah let's hold on to that but more like instead of creating content because because I want to make money or because I want to be known. Let's create content that's valuable. So now I treat LinkedIn kind of like Twitter. Like I feel like I want to do something, let's do it, right? <laughs> um, I want to bring value today, let's do it. I do yeah. want to be there as much as possible, but I'm not going to be mad at myself because I have a company to grow. Yeah. And I had bigger goals and just posting on LinkedIn. So yeah. I don't do it every day anymore, but I, I do it a lot. So did that stop like right after the year, the year you did um, it? Or was it like... 
I, did, I, I didn't do daily for that long okay. on LinkedIn. I posted and was always engaging. I Not daily videos. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't know what to say in terms of when I stopped <laughs> it because I don't know how long I actually did like just straight daily on LinkedIn at least. Yeah. Um, but I'm always posting some sort of content. I just... I do it when I want. Yeah. And how did the those videos, I mean, like the consistent videos on LinkedIn, how did that help your company grow or progress you towards what you're at, where you're at now, essentially? Yeah. What I like to do is I like to look at my growth versus the other creators on LinkedIn and their growth. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have just taken off in terms of numbers. Okay. And me, I took off a lot slower. But then, okay, boom, there's this big explosion, 2,000 likes, 4,000 likes, 2,000 likes, 1,000, just all in the same week. Yeah. Um, that took me a while to achieve, but the one difference between what I've done versus a lot of people, there's other people that have done something similar as well, but I built a brand and I built something that was recognizable. You think of me, you think of the black heart, you think of me wearing all black, you think of the black hat, you think of the Vulcan salute, all these different brand anchors that I've put around myself. You also think of misfits in this brand and this community that I built. Um, that that is 1000% what set me apart and it's what's accelerated my business. So like literally my Mad Genie agency that I had before, we tripled our monthly business revenue within the first month of me being on LinkedIn. This company, we're one of Milwaukee's fastest growing startups because one, I was on LinkedIn, but now all of my team is on LinkedIn and on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook and we're creating consistent content. We're building this world and in this misfits community. So LinkedIn's like 1000% just <laughs> disrupted our entire world and just accelerated our business yeah and, and to that point of creating content like how do you approach that now as you're obviously you have you have clients and everything but there's a lot of different things going on how do you approach the content creation process as you grow your company now yeah um before i was like okay there's this video what do you guys think let's do it now i'm really really honing in the fact that okay we need to be a real company <laughs> we need to be adults so what's our storyboard process what happens when a client comes in okay what's our process for internal projects okay what's our project process for um each of our individual brands as well um how we approach that typically it's like okay everybody step away everybody's got their ideas okay now pitch them okay pitch it okay pitch it no one say anything okay now let's bounce off of each other okay now let's define it that's kind of how we're doing it now um but throw a bunch of shit at the wall and then figure it out from there and then okay now let's define it that's is it is it like a goal of, of the daily of a weekly process is this like a you know it's plan ahead this week what are we doing because i like to dig in the details man so yeah, how does so that go with you guys right now it is weekly okay here's what we got going on for our clients Here's what we got going on for events. Here's what we got have going on for each of us individually as well. Here's what we have going on for just internal content. And then weekly, and then we break it down. Okay, this needs to happen on this day. This needs to happen on this day. And then we do have a daily meeting as well, where again, okay, what's going on this day? Okay, let's go do it. And that's that's kind of the process. How do you how are you organizing that? Is it like a whiteboard thing? Is it like like something like Trello? Like how are you guys doing so that? So we've got a chalkboard wall out there. Then okay. we have whiteboards. Um, and then we use Monday.com. We're testing things out. Yeah. Um, we don't like Trello. We don't like to do this. Like some of us like things, others <laughs> don't, which is the difficult part. But Monday.com seems to be the best so far for us. What about that is? What do you like about I don't it? know, man. I, I really don't. Well, there's know. so many different tools. That's why I get yeah. asked. It's like I don't. Like I don't. I don't know what it is, but more people like that one than any others. I don't like Trello. I don't know why, but Monday mm. reminds me of Trello and Todoist together. Okay. That make, it's, it's very interesting and I, I like it. The yeah, team's like liking it. it so far. So. Okay. Has that been challenging as you I guess as you guys grow or like in terms of managing all the people like from the beginning till where you're at now? Like yeah. How has that evolved? Yeah, so that's fascinating. Um, <laughs> culture's like I'm just hyper focused on that right now. Initially it's like, okay, yeah, it's the founders and then we brought on interns and then it was like, okay, I had to handle a lot just in terms of people. Yeah. Now we just brought on Chandler, our project manager, and he I've literally offloaded everything I was doing on him except <laughs> for selling and like brand stuff, which is awesome. So like it's just so, 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 so cool seeing everybody pitch in. I don't feel like I manage anybody at yeah. all anymore. Everybody they don't need me. I don't want to be someone's boss. I can be. Okay, you fucked up, okay, let's fix yeah. it. But like I don't I don't need to be someone's boss. And that's that's what I love. They're all way better at what they do than if I were to do it. And you said founders. How many people did it start with? So it started initially with three, and then we brought Izzy in right away. So four four founders. Okay. And four equity partners. What are you up to now? Uh, we've got a team of eleven, if you include my doc. So okay. ten. Okay. 
that man. Well, congrats. That's awesome. It's a quick amount of time too to get to that point. Uh, I know you mentioned that your agency, Mad Genie, that dissolved earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, earlier this year. Why did that dissolve versus something new now? What's the difference? Like what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what are you guys doing? So before I was going to companies teaching them that their employees are their greatest asset. So let's tell okay. our story, employee story, to drive traffic okay. and revenue for the company. Um, that was like easily I could have made six figures. I was the only person on the on staff. At the end of it, at least, um, I just I started company, the company, because again, I wanted to make an impact. Yeah. Too, I wanted to have fun, and I wanted to do it with people that I loved, and I wasn't doing that. And yeah. regardless of how much money I would have made, that was not what I wanted to do. So I stepped away. I met Eric through Twitter, and he, I had I convinced a lot of people to jump on LinkedIn. All of them fell off. He was <laughs> one that created content for 90 days straight. I didn't even 90 do days that. straight. I didn't. So I'm like, dude. Okay, let's do something. Props. I started a YouTube <laughs> channel. And then I'm like, okay, I want to do something more. What do you think of this? Let's start a company. Um, and then we met Brema, brought him in. He's like, I love what you're doing. And Izzy and me were, Izzy and I were college roommates. So I'm like, dude, like you're in a perfect, you're in this weird transition point. I need what you have. And I'm still to this day surprised that he said yes. But we, we took off. And initially it was, okay, we're just going to be an agency. We're just going to create content. But then I'm, we're like, okay. Where do we want to go? What do we want to achieve? So now we've got this umbrella company, Urban Misadventures. We own an agency. Let's tell stories. And now we're building up a team where that can just run itself. And then we own MK Misfits, which is an events company. And we're going to be hyper-focused on hosting these awesome, quirky experiences for people in 2019. And now we're also talking about acquiring and building a fashion brand as well. So we're just building building companies underneath us that we don't actually have to run. We don't yeah. actually have to manage. We just own them. Yeah, so the umbrella company and then having these different things with that. And how do you decide, even like the fashion thing, for instance, like how do you decide you want to do that? And how do you decide the events thing? What's that process like for you? And is it very like organic? Is it like, oh, intentional, like this is what we want to do? Like, how do you go through that and think yeah. of what's next for the company? Yeah, so most of that is on my plate. Um, again, going back to my futurist friend, like that's me as well, right? I'm yeah. very strategic, I'm very futuristic. Um, yeah, that's that's me. The brand strategy that is typically all me. Like, of course, like I consult them when we talk. Of course. Um, so it's all super super intentional. And again, where do we want to go? Um, people ask us what's our end goal. I can't answer that. <laughs> I know in my head, but if I answered it, I'd probably look insane. Uh, and I just don't want to talk about that. World but. domination. Point, point, point. I asked someone else, and that's what they said. I was like, I get it. It's, it's world domination. You don't have to even say it. I'll say it for you. I get Thanks, it. Man. I get it. Thanks. I get it. Inter- I get it. Yeah. Oh, uh, but. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is super intentional. But yeah. what do we want to try? What avenues do we where do we want to go? Yeah. Um, and I do want to get back into tech and I want to use fashion as an avenue to do that. Yeah. Um, whether that makes sense to people, I don't care because we're going to yeah. do it regardless. If it fails, it fails. We move on. Yeah. But, you try something out and yeah, so, so yeah. be it. But you're going to try it. The events company, that's something I've, I've also thought with, with the stuff I'm doing in, in LA is like, those events are so powerful. One, for connecting people. Two, for just being able to ask them questions and like learning things and like, I'm fascinated by that, and that's something I've been talking to people about and figuring out what I want to do with that. What are some of the things you, you like to do with your events in, in Milwaukee or whatever else? Looking um, forward to Diversity is a big one. Um, a lot of people talk about diversity. Not a lot of people do anything about it because they're too busy talking about it. Um, <laughs> I think the easiest way to create a diverse event is to have a diverse team. So that's something I'm trying, not even trying, that's something I have intentionally focused on just as we're building our team. Let's be diverse. Let's have everybody at the table. So diversity is huge because then you're going to reach so many more people and you're going to attract so many more people because they're going to feel welcome regardless of socioeconomic class, race, gender, whatever. Um, so that diversity has been huge. Another thing, I don't, I'm not afraid to ask for money, um, and I'm not afraid to ask for things for free. So events, I don't want to pay you. <laughs> Can I do this? I'll drive this much traffic. We'll do this for you. Or hey, you want to sponsor this, and we have our, our sponsor package listed, um, and we know how much traffic we drive. We not only that, we know our value. So you're not just getting this one. We're not just bringing in this many people once. Also, we might come again, but also, okay, now we're going to create a video. Okay, now you're going to get promotion through Q's brand and Chandler's brand and Kylie's brand and Izzy's brand and everybody on my team and my entire company. (laughs) Hell yeah, you should be paying us, but we'll come for free. So just knowing our value and not being afraid to ask for anything has been huge for us, but also, again, that diverse team. Um, And just in terms of what we want to do, we just want to be quirky and we want to bring value. Yeah. So what... What types of things would that be? I mean, yeah. you, don't have to, you don't have to spill all your secrets, but like, what are some things you would like to do in terms of like what the events actually look like? So right before you got here, we had an event, or well, we didn't have an event, we had a meeting. Yeah. Hey guys, anything goes. Just bring your ideas, 
Bring them in Monday. It's Monday, right? <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bring them in Monday. Uh, we'll know, talk about them, Sam. And then pitch, <laughs> pitch to everybody. And we that's what we did. And like just weird, quirky stuff. And then let's bounce off of each other. So something we're talking about now. One of the things that I can mention, um, we're going to be doing like this. Okay, let's take everybody's. Um, let's do Instagram installations. Let's take them offline. Instagram installations with these people. Let's do a fashion show in the middle where we're going to launch this thing that we're going to do. Um, around that, let's do networking. On the side, you'll have a jazz band with a rapper and like just entire interactive piece people go to and they're like, damn, I had fun. Damn, I met yeah. somebody. Damn, I took away this. Uh, so just weird stuff. Yeah. And hearing all this, one of the questions I had to ask is, how are you deciding what you spend your time on and how you spend your time throughout the week, uh, throughout a day? I'm curious on how, how your schedule goes or like if you could talk about So time is money. Yeah. Um, again, I think a lot of people, and I'm futuristic, but a lot of people focus on the future. How can I make, make money in the future? Not how can I make money right now? Not what's working right now. Um, we haven't had to do any outbound sales. We're focusing on it now as of like today, but we haven't <laughs> had to. It's all been inbound. Um, so, okay, where is that coming from? Oh, it's a video. So, okay, let's double down on videos. Um, so what's making us money? And then once you're making enough money, okay, what's going to make us money in the future? Um, and it, that's it, dude. Like, we create a lot of content because, again, it makes us money. It's also fun, and it gets the word out. Um, I'm focused on hiring and bringing on the right people and culture and the future of our brand, but it's what's going to make us mon- money now, and then once we got that down, what's going to make us money in the future? Um, and then what do we actually want to be doing? And is there, could you give a split on that maybe about how much of your focus is on the now versus the future? Because, I mean, as a CEO, like, that's a lot of, on you for the future stuff, but you obviously have to run the day-to-day somewhat too, like, What's yeah. the split of that or how, yeah, how yeah. do you do so that? So me personally or just... Yeah, you personally. Okay. Yeah. So for me personally, um, a lot of it was, okay, I'm everywhere until we brought on Chandler. So now Izzy is a lot of the day-to-day, which I love because I'm all about the future. Of course, I still need to be there and I need to make sure people are doing things um, and things are getting done. So I would say like for me personally, I work all the time, so whatever, but like 50% is probably on the future. They don't even know that, but for me, 50% is all about the future. <laughs> um, and from there, it's hiring its sales relationships that probably takes up the most of my time um, creating on social um, and then just chilling with the team yeah. talking to the team but a lot of my focus is, is on the future and where we want to go and defining the brand that we want to build yeah i'm gonna say this in air quotes but what is a typical day for you yeah. look like yeah so from I, morning to the evening so i'm all about the habits so I get up anywhere from 4 to 6.30 a.m., um, straight away, meditate, shower, blah, 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 blah. I'll work out three times a week now um, because I want to get back into just being healthy because yeah. I just ate shit for two years. Um, <laughs> and like just, yeah. So getting back healthy. So I lift three times a week. And then if I don't lift, I'll run my dog down to the office. Um, I either, and, I'm, and this is changing, but yeah. I like to come in the office early, but also I've noticed that I'm not effective if I'm in here all the time so I work um, as soon as I'm done lifting and all that typically around 6 to 7 a.m. Okay. I'm working I get everything done people come in the office 8 to 9 I'm probably done with work by 10 um, but then I get to okay let's create content okay let's go have meetings let's do all these different things so anywhere from like 11 a.m. to 2 is typically my meetings um, and then after that like whatever I want to do um, but Typically in the in the office, helping my team create videos, um, helping with the creation process, um, and whatever needs to get done, man. It's hard yeah, day-to-day wise, especially since we do so much, but um, I'm typically in the office or working by 7 a.m. Okay. Um, maybe a little early if I'm up at 4, and then <laughs> whatever happens that day. Yeah, you, know? you, never, you never know. <laughs> I guess it depends, too, on like clients, and yep. it's a little more on... Yeah, unstructured. Let's just say, especially in this type of type of world, it seems like. Um, I'm wondering with with the long term like planning, vision, future. Is that more of like a setting aside time to do that, or how do you approach that? Because I know for me, like myself, I always it's never like a set schedule, but there is times where I'm like, okay, let's really think about the future direction I want to go. Yeah. Other times, your head's down, just grinding out, cranking out podcasts, finding new guests, whatever. Like, how do you approach that? Do you block off time, or how do you? plan for the future and you know make time for that so i just go based off of how i am as a human being and i my head's always in the future 
always in the future and I have to force myself to focus on the present sometimes but for me when I'm inspired and I'm thinking about the future I'm listening to a podcast always drawing stuff always writing it down and then connecting there's a lot of ideas that I have that just don't make sense but then five months down the road I'm like damn this connects there's a lot of things that we do sometimes that it's like I don't know if this is going to make sense but maybe it will and it ends up making sense or maybe it doesn't but Typically, it ends up making sense. So for me, it's just a state that I'm always in. Yeah. But that's how I operate. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell them all the time, like, I'm more of a CVO versus a CEO. But the way that the team's structured and just having a creative business, it makes sense. Yeah. And you mentioned the hiring part was a big part of what you have to do as well. I know we talked a little bit before we actually jumped on the podcast. But, like, how are you approaching hiring in terms of a few things? One, I was always like, you know, when to hire and how many people yeah. and all that, like, the numbers-wise of, like, the team and then where do you actually find them? I just want to talk a little bit about that because I know everyone's who starts a company eventually they're going to probably hire people and I want to hear your approach to that. Yeah. What um, you've done. Just having the two companies before this, the biggest mistake I made was the people and the culture. So I wanted to be super intentional about that and I made that clear right away. Um, you'll find... You put a job application out, or you put a job request out there, right? You need to hire. You will always, for the most part, get the most desperate people, not the most talented people, just because those people are looking for jobs. The most qualified people are probably already in a position. Not all the time, but mostly already always in a position. So for us, we don't even put out those requests. Sometimes we'll make videos, but typically it's we're just looking and like. Up until we hired Chandler and now our full-time videographer, one of our full-time videographers, Rob, as well, like we needed those two positions for probably three, four months before that. So we're just super picky, but we have to go to those people. I think both of them reached out, but typically it's like, okay, what are we looking for? Okay, let's go on Instagram. Let's go look. Okay, let's go on LinkedIn. Who's crushing it right now? And we're startups, so we can't offer them a crazy lavish life, but we have to go to those people and they find those people that buy in. Um, What was the other half of that question? One was wondering when and then how many people. Yeah, Um, Just in terms of when, like, again, like we needed those people. (laughs) We needed those people, but we still said no and we were overworked just because they didn't fit the culture. Yeah. Um, when is when you find the right people in terms of when do you know you need to hire is like okay i can't do any more of this we're at our capacity that for me was when we knew we needed to hire but then we also found that person like we couldn't take on any more clients we couldn't do any events because we were at our capacity yeah kind of max out that side and for a while he maxed it out and then he had to hire bring people on when you were doing those those linkedin videos i just thought of this now but did you have a videographer at any point? Was it just you? Like, how did that yeah. process go? <clears throat> so initially, um, all the videos I did before LinkedIn alone, just me. Okay. Um, when I jumped on LinkedIn for the first nine to 10, 11 maybe months, it was just me as well. Yeah. Um, so I learned a lot about video. And then when I met Eric, and I believe that was eight months ago, when I met Eric and we decided to do this eight months ago, that's when we decided to do this, but even then it was still me doing my videos and editing my videos. It wasn't probably until about three months ago where, and I still edit some, but three months ago where I'm like, okay, dudes, can you color this? Or, hey, Rob, yo, boom, 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 do what you gotta do. But um, for the most part, it's been me that's edited and done all of my videos. Yeah, well, that leads perfectly to what I wanna ask too with the video process. Like, one, the creation process, and two, the promotion process. Like, you talk a little bit about creating them, some key things to that, because obviously people are gonna be wondering, like, hey, I wanna do videos, like, how do you do it? just speak to that creative process and how you guys yeah. approach that. Yeah, so for me, it's always what's the story? Story first. Literally, what's the story? After that, it doesn't matter. To me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, good example, Will Smith. Most of his stuff's done on a phone. Crushes it, right? On Instagram, freaking crushes it. Oh, he does. It. I remember when he first um, came on, I was like, oh, he's gonna, do, he's gonna kill it. Uh, he's watch incredible. out. incredible. <laughs> he completely reinvented himself, but what's the story? doesn't matter if it's this crazy, like, this is my life, or here's an apple, what's the story? Like, what is the story? Get that right, you'll be okay. I would say don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the details. Don't worry about the software, the equipment. Just what's the story? You get that right and you can crush it with anything. There's a dude that shoots and um, shoots photos with a freaking Game Boy. 8-bit photos. Like crushes it. There's a story <laughs> in those things, right? So what's the story? I'm, I'm always just curious about that in that process of how you actually go create it. So there's, there's a story, mm-hmm. but then people are wondering too, like best practices on there. So you have a story of then what? Like I know you guys, I've seen your progression a little bit. And oh, you're tagging a bunch of people here on LinkedIn with this post. You had the write up um, in the in the oh, in terms of yeah, like, so that yeah, and like promoting it as well. What yeah, what, what's the things that are working and you you've learned over the you know, last year or two? You've been doing you've been doing it. Yeah, um, for me, it's like I always want to 
there's a quote, um, always be trying to put yourself out of business. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck in the same thing, specifically LinkedIn, like things are always changing, but even Instagram, even YouTube, even just mediums themselves, always be trying to put myself out of business. But like, what do people actually want to see? What are the stories they want to see? Um, People don't want to be promoted to, like they don't want to be sold. So how can I get people to want to buy into this? How can I get people to want to care? Those are things that I'm thinking about and always testing. In terms of what works, I, I just can't answer that because there is not one thing that works. Literally anything could work, it's just what works for you. Yeah. And for us, it was okay, let's build the personal brands and let's care about people and then they will care about us. And from there, we can do anything we want. We can sell anything that we want. Yeah. And with that, who are like your ideal ideal customers or your clients that, you know, for Urban Misadventures, for that side of things, for not the, obviously the events, but for this side, like working with clients, who are those ideal clients and what are you kind of helping with, helping yeah, them with? You yeah. Know? Um, so the only niche that we have is storytelling. Yeah. So we don't do any social media management. We okay. don't do any like traditional content marketing. We just create the content we give it you. We do some other, we have some other services, but for the most part, that's it. That's Let's create content. That's our niche. So we can work with anybody. Yeah. And I actually prefer that. Um, we've worked, we've done a lot of sports things. We've, did some stuff in esports, which I love, some stuff in tech, some stuff with founders. But we, for the most part, the only niche is storytelling. Creating stories for, for brands, basically. Yeah. And what are some keys to that? I mean, everyone, you know, I've heard storytelling being talked about, especially more recently, because it's so important for any yeah. for any brand. You, you see the progression of things, especially with social media. The progression of brands, being able to tell their story and the ones that can tell it better clearly resonates better with the audience and everything. But what have you found that's maybe some keys or what's it's been useful in terms of storytelling and what, what works, yeah. what's how obviously a lot of things can work, but you know what I mean? What you found at least. Yeah. I would say one, have a beginning, middle and end, or at least take them from point A to point B. That's a huge thing. And often forgot about it. I don't really know why. Um, <laughs> two, um, who are you speaking to? Really, really understand who you're speaking to. And I would say that that's going to be the most important part. You could have this amazing video. You can have this incredible story. But if you're pushing it out on TikTok and you're trying to target 70-year-old <laughs> men, it's not going to it's not gonna work. So who are you speaking to? Where are they? Where are they hanging out? Who, who are they talking to? You understand that and you'll be fine. Um, three, I would say just don't be afraid to experiment and do different things. Um, don't be like... There's a quote, I was listening to a podcast, um, Brittany Hoffman's Beyond Influential, um, incredible podcast, um, but she was interviewing Sean Cannell, who's this big YouTuber, and he said, different is better than better. And I totally agree. And I think that just speaks to my entire life. It's the reason I took up on LinkedIn. It's the reason my company has taken off. We're not the best storytellers in the world. We're good at it, but we're not the best. We're just really, really good at doing what we do. We're different. So different is better than better. Don't be afraid to change and try new things. But have a beginning, middle, end, or take them from A to B, and then um, know who you're speaking to, know who your audience is. Yeah, and you mentioned as well some different resources there. And I always have to ask guests, like, where they're learning from and resource, the best resources that have helped them kind of along in their journey. If there's any ones that you can mention now, we'd love to give them a little shout out. Any resources, books, podcasts, anything that's been yeah, helpful for, sure. for you. Um, so I'm a little weird. Um, so I'll speak what works for me and then maybe I'll talk <laughs> about what's worked for like my founders. Sure. Um, for me, I love Beyond Influential, podcast by Brittany Hoffman. Incredible. Really, really good at actionable tips. I would say this one actually is one of the better I've been on that's like, okay, what are some actionable steps? A lot of podcasts struggle with that. Um, so Beyond Influential is really, really good. Um, I'm obsessed with Jason Silva. He's really good at taking complex ideas and communicating to children. He doesn't, his audience isn't kids, but taking a really complex thing and making it simple. Um, and then three, I, again, I'm weird. Like I am obsessed with just Blizzard Entertainment, if you know who they are, like, yeah. like WoW and Overwatch. Overwatch specifically, like the way that they roll out these characters and their backstories and they their fan base cares about these people and they create art about these people and there's comics and all these different things just freaking incredible. Yeah. Those are the things that I'm paying attention to, not marketing agencies, not anyone in my industry because I don't give a shit what they're doing. It's what is everybody else doing outside of my outside of my industry and how are they applying storytelling to what they're doing because storytelling is everywhere. Yeah. But you can learn something from everything. In terms of like strict resources, YouTube for sure, like um, two of our founders, including, I didn't graduate, but two of my founders did not, they dropped out of school completely. Um, and they're some of the 
most creative people I've ever worked with, YouTube, um, Udemy, um, mm. just anything like that. There's so much information out there. LinkedIn, like just go and reach out to people like, hey, I love what you do. Do you want to get coffee? Or hey, I love what you do. Do you want to hop on a video chat? Um, all day, LinkedIn is the greatest backdoor out there. Um, also things like Shaper, which is like Tinder, but for business professionals, like just utilize those things and get in front of the people that are actually doing the things you want to do. Uh, but for sure, YouTube and Udemy and things like that. Um, and actually doing things, actually going and <laughs> shooting those videos and telling those stories, you're going to learn a lot. Where do you get new suggestions from in terms of, oh, you have to, you have to see this, this video or you have to like listen to this podcast or how does that happen for you? And um, Yeah, um, there's a, a few things I would say. One, I built my own community, which has been the most beneficial thing. My Misfits group and now my own podcasting group as well. They tell me everything. Hey, check this out. Hey, you'd be good. Go work with them. Like, it's incredible. And then I help them out in turn. Um, two, like, I consume a lot. Um, Alan Gannett, who's an incredible speaker and just sold his company and uh, was acquired by another one, I, I think. Um, he wrote a book, The Creative Curve. He says every genius, he spoke to just creative geniuses all over the world, but every genius consumes a lot and they create a lot, essentially is the premise of the book. So I create a lot, yes, but I also consume everything. So I'm always scouring, always looking, always reading, always listening to podcasts and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there's so many, there's so many different things too, because it is hard to choose as well because there's so many because there is so much content out there and there's so many good people. It's like it can be yeah, it can make you freeze almost because there's just so much out there to even look at. I know of, I think I you know start with like oh read this book which leads to another book. They mention someone else and then they meet someone else and I don't think it necessarily matters as much that you really be so specific like oh I have to listen to this and this. But the fact that you are consistently consuming yes. and getting different ideas, I think it's important that you mention people outside of like you know like media or whatever your typical agencies because. You get perspectives from other places, which then feed into what you're doing. You can look at that objectively and be like, okay, that makes sense for my business in X, Y, Z way, where someone else maybe they get stuck in the same path yeah. of everyone else, and that's it seems like it doesn't work as well that that way. Agreed. In that in that type of capacity, as you're as you're going about building these businesses and as you've learned things over the the course of the last few years, how do you manage the ups and downs that entrepreneurship inevitably? has <laughs> how do you how do you manage those ebbs and flows ups and downs and take care of yourself yeah um this is something that is just always a work in progress something that is very hard and something that a lot of entrepreneurs neglect and i don't want to be that i've seen a lot of people fall i've seen a lot of people crash and burn so for me it's allowing myself to feel what i need to feel if i'm sad i just i need to cry if i'm angry i need to punch my punching bag if i'm like whatever it is, I just need to feel those emotions so that in turn I can then be happy because if you hold on to things, it's just going to eat at you. Um, so I meditate, I read a lot, I'm talking to people about it and I use my content as therapy. If I'm angry, like I'll, I'll tell you and I'll talk about it. Yeah. If I'm happy, like I'll talk about it and I, I talk to my followers and my community. But the most important thing is allowing myself to feel those things. Um, now, like more than ever, I used to be a college athlete um, and I, I lost like 20 pounds like starting my company because I wasn't eating and I just was not taking care of myself. So I'm getting back into health and fitness and just taking care of my body, my mind, my soul, everything. And I think that's, that's neglected with a lot of entrepreneurs. One, because it's very, very hard to focus on yourself and the company at the same time. And okay, I've got employees, but forget about it, man. Yeah. So my, my health, and just allowing myself to feel. Yeah, and I know the community part, like you mentioned briefly there too, what did you do to grow that community? What do you continue to do to grow the community you have, you fostered over the last, I don't know how long you've had it for, but yeah. what have you done to grow that community? What's the biggest thing is I kept showing up. I It started with like 15 people. Yeah, 15 people, and I remember another guy started a community around the same time. His died, mine didn't, but mine turned into 16 people, 17 people. 20 people, 100 yeah. people. Okay, now it's 800, 1,000. Uh, and that's really all you need. Of course, we want to be bigger and we will be bigger. Yeah. Um, and that's just like our Facebook group, but showing up consistently. More importantly, though, I would say I always compare things to like me building communities on video games. Yeah. Um, if you would build like a guild in this game, right? Like they see the leader, yes, but more importantly, there's two people or three people underneath that are really good and experts at whatever it is that they are they drive the community but underneath them you have people that believe in those experts then they believe in the leader and then everybody that comes in on the outside they see that ecosystem so just making sure that everybody in the community or guild <laughs> brings value <laughs> receives value and I, I i think that's important everybody like 
feeling that you bring value is very, very important. Yeah. But also getting that value is very important. So showing up and then making everybody feel welcome. And showing up for you, was that just checking in daily, checking in consistently on people, asking, like, what would that look like for you? So my group, essentially, like, House of Misfits, essentially all it is is a bunch of misfits, which is entrepreneurs, influencers, just creatives, weird people that are owning that, typically entrepreneurs, um, helping one another. So for me, showing up every day and talking about what I was going through, but also what I was learning, also answering people's questions, but every day, every day, even if it was just me talking, I would show up, and that was it. Yeah. Just bring it value. And it's grown over time. And, and to the point, like, you know, you kept it going. How long has it been going, roughly? Uh, it's been, uh, I want to say two years, man. Yeah, I, two I years of two growing years, it. Yeah. What's the motivation behind continuing to grow that? The thing is, that there's so many different projects, and they work on a lot of different stuff, and people, they start things, they quit. They start things, they quit. What is it that makes you keep going with all these different types of ventures? I know you mentioned, like, stopping one of them, but, like, what makes you keep going, even with like, the community yeah. specifically? Um. I would say one, like I, I want to have a legacy and I want to leave an impact. Um, agencies are cool and I have one. That's definitely not my end goal. I want to leave a real impact with cool things that I can talk about another time. Um, two, like I remember what it was like working in my bedroom in a 500 square foot room, just crying every night <laughs> and like cuddling my dog, not having any support in the startups scene, like not being able to have access, being that weird black kid that I felt like I couldn't bring any value. I remember that feeling so vividly and I never ever want anybody to feel that again. So that, like that is, that is a reason. I feel like a lot of people say that, but like that's the reason I remember that so vividly and that sucked, dude. Like yeah. that just, that royally sucked. And now like anyone has a startup, they approach me, yo, if I, if I see it, I'm gonna help because I remember that. And I just want everybody to have access. I want everybody to be able to make it because Ultimately, everybody can if they just they keep going. Yeah, I mean one of the big things so with with the companies I've started with, just go fitness and now just go grind. It, it literally starts with just go. I mean you have to you have to get going. You have to you have to start because so many things can happen if you take action, but many people don't or they delay it for so long. It's like if you would just have started, you yeah you're gonna fuck up a lot. But at the same time, then that whole process of you messing up for a year or two years, then you're already past that and then you can move on to the success. You know, it just it just takes some time. With your companies and everything you're doing, what do you have planned for the future? What do you want to happen in the future? I want to kind of look forward a little bit now. I know we've kind of looked back. Like, what is what does the future look like and what do you hope it kind of like, yeah. turns into, you know? Um, we want to build business. I'm sorry, we want to build... We want to own businesses. We don't want to run the businesses. Um, ultimately agency we want to build a team that can essentially take care of it themselves Um, we want to when we acquire this fashion brand we'll have a different ceo that runs that fashion brand so build i'm sorry own businesses but not necessarily run them Um, i want everybody around me to be okay everybody around me to be financially stable we want to be able to take anyone around the world and put them on our platform and they explode their story gets out there and they reach whoever they want to reach for me personally um I don't want to go like too deep in the future. Like I want to do some weird things, dude. Like I want to be part of the marketing team that, um, like essentially like pushes out. Okay, let's colonize. Oh my god, the colonization of Mars. I want to be part of that Ooh, marketing team. Working with Elon. Uh, yeah, dude. Like that'd be dope. That'd that be would, so so. Dope. That would be dope. Uh, but like I would say immediate. Like next five years, of course. Like company grow that. Um, grow the different companies, but ultimately like I want to own or invest in an esports organization. Yep. That's one of my major goals. Um, smaller major goals. Um, like that. That's the immediate future for me. Um, yeah. So talking to people in that space, staying up to date on that space, but also building myself up and my brand up to the point where I can just go out and do that. Yeah. You know, I have to go back real quick, though, to the to the conversation <laughs> of Mars thing. Because so at USC, uh, they have so many speakers come all the time, right? And so we had a our Entrepreneur and Venture Management Association, one of the big student organizations mm-hmm. for, for MBAs. We had our fireside chat. And one of the people on the fireside chat was the eighth employee at SpaceX. And he's one of the, he's like, he literally, like, of course, he had a name drop Elon in this when he's talking, but it was like, and you saw, we saw a picture of like early SpaceX. It's like, yeah, literally like 10 people there. He's there. Elon's like two people over or something with like, I thought they had like some party or something. And it's like, <laughs> and he talks about it. And just like, holy shit, man. You were there at the beginning of this thing. Like, and it's clearly it's gone so far with being able to land rockets back on, yes. on Earth and everything with that. And it's, you see the progression, you're like, oh my God, he was one of those first people. And it made you think about, like, it's real. Like, there are real people who did yeah. this and started this. And, like, 
they just have an idea like oh, what's next you know oh we, we're gonna buy these rockets from like whatever russia or something nope can't do that it's too expensive oh we're, what does it take to actually make a rocket and you just go it's it it makes me think of businesses and even like what you're doing like you just get started and you figure it out and you keep going and then things happen dude that's entrepreneurship you know? man. man that's all it is we don't know what we're doing we just find something that works and then we lead it to it right and then things fail and then things fail but then you find something that works so you get some traction and even if you have to like oh get a job for a bit and then come back to it or whatever like you'll figure it out and i think when you go it seems like when you have that kind of mindset like you just can't be stopped because eventually you're gonna make it like whatever it ends up being uh, on that note though i want to get your last words here of what you know any advice you give to any aspiring entrepreneurs people thinking about starting companies or in the, in the midst of starting a company because you've obviously gone through failed companies you've had more successful companies but last words any parting advice for any entrepreneurs out there yeah, that's that's always a tough one, man. And it I, is. Always, I feel like I'm giving so many of these uh, um, entrepreneurs out there, dude. I would, in all honesty, like I don't speak the I'm truth, whatever, it, right? Yeah. Like I'm doing it. Like I am a twenty. I just turned twenty five. Like I wear a big black hat. Um, like people call me weird all the time. I built my company around just being the fact that we are weird. Like I am doing it. The only thing that sets me apart from everyone else is that I kept going. And I know everybody says that, but like, just find something that works and that might take you failing 29 times. Maybe that 30th is going to take off. So just find something that works and lean into that. But that requires going. And then that requires you (laughs) to keep going and that that's it. That's it. Keep going. Where can people find you, hear about you online? Yeah, learn more about you. Yeah, so um, if you want to learn everything about me, Pinterest. Pinterest, look up my name. That, that, that's every, everything's on Pinterest? Oh, yeah, dude. Pinterest Little is did I know. Man, I have to dig <laughs> You wouldn't know some anything more, about anything. more man. digging. Oh, <laughs> the internet has everything. You'll find it. So Pinterest is one place to find Q. Little otherwise, did I know. <laughs> uh, otherwise, tag, at tag just Q on any platform. You'll find me. LinkedIn, of course, like that's my main one, but anywhere. Um, I love Instagram too, so just at tag just Q. And then our website is being redeveloped, and Ooh. I'll send you that, but urbanmisadventures.com. Okay. Otherwise, mkmisfits.com is where we are at now. Okay. A couple different spots. So everyone, check them out. Q, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Appreciate you coming by, man. It's a good time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. As always, the show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And you can support the show over at patreon.com slash justgogrind. And please, please leave a rating and review over on iTunes. It does help more people find the show. Hope you enjoy this episode. Have a great day.